When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Ooh, happy Saturday, Tassie. Thanks for joining us. I'm here joined by Breddy Jeeves. He's uh, my new co-host. Welcome. Thanks for having me. excited? No one's called me Breddy. um, I'm calling you Breddy. Since primary school. Oh, cool. And my mum will be devastated because I'll put a ban on it. Oh, not anymore. Maybe never again. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. What's happening? Bloody beautiful day this morning. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, you know standard chilly Hobart morning, but yeah. uh, the footy was good last night. Not a bad game. Yeah, um, not a bad game at all. Sainers, they're they're all over the place, aren't they? They'd, they'd be a pretty hard team to follow, I think, if you're a supporter. I think so. Yeah, um, very up and down. They play the most inconsistent brand of footy, but when they're yeah. on, they're they're, they're on. really difficult to beat. And obviously, a lot of it's matchup based. So yeah, you know, Colton's small back line. Um, yeah, King got hot. Membry was was good, um, and the midfield was electric. So yeah, yeah Paul Crouch he got injured. I used to manage Brad Crouch back in Did the day. You, yeah, you were telling me yeah. about your management days. I know. I can't imagine you being in the hustle and bustle. You're too nice I know. for player <laughs> management. Crouchy and his brother, it's so good. Like, I think I'd love to see them play together and see, like, how protective they would be of each other because they're country boys. They're from, like, yeah. out Ballarat way. Splitting heads. Um, I reckon they'd be a, a force to be reckoned with those two if they played together. Well, you might have a bit of insight. What happens with Matt? Because, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment. He's out of the Adelaide team, in and out. Yeah. Uh, form or, or role, maybe. But he can play. He's a, he's a ball hunter. Yeah. Not a bad defensive player. Good tackler. He's big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, he's what's, a great player. I, I don't really have any inside work anymore but I remember back when I was managing Brad we were trying to get Matt at the same time um, and I reckon they they might have they might be managing him now be, I'll find out for you I'll, you I'll try and get a it's bit a of inside word yeah, week, yeah yeah I'll uh, see what we can do about that but uh, yeah Matt, Matt's great as well but um, so funny Brad I remember um, I was chatting with him about like part of being a player agent was always about um, what what partners they want to be or what sponsorships would work for that personality and I remember first starting out and I said to Brad I was like oh well what um what sort of interests do you have other than you know obviously footy and he's like um dogs and chocolate and I was like <laughs> like the dogs as in betting on the dogs greyhounds. <laughs> I'm like great maybe you need to get it on our uh, greyhound adoption program yeah, something t- like that Taz racing and obviously an, an, an obvious link for him well, I've, I've always felt closely aligned to Brad, and it's kind of bizarre. So he had osteitis pubis as a as a younger fella. Yeah, right. Um, and I had osteitis pubis myself at, at a similar age, so 18. And, yeah. Um, well, back when I was 18, osteitis pubis was this thing that, that no one knew anything about. What does about. that entail? Sorry, well, I so don't know a whole lot about the, that. The, the pubis bone, yeah. so through the... the down under your stomach, yeah. And, um, the pelvis, and it's just a little, a little fracture, crack, and 
Oh. And so the recovery, when I went through it, was I had to sit at home, effectively, no walking. I was on the couch for six weeks, and oh all God. I did was eat. I put on like eight kilos during this time. Yeah. But the pain that comes with it is is really, really bad. So yeah, getting out right. of bed, you can't drive a manual car. Um, oh, my God. You know, so all, That's all on. Yeah, it's quite brutal, but... When you know Brad went through it, and as I went through mm. it, there was a stigma to it that you were making it up, and and it became this mythical. Is that because not so many people had it? It was or, just really yeah. rare, and 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 also there was no uh, experience in in dealing how to manage it. You know, so it was obviously, um, you know, an injury that was happening through the sixties and seventies. You know, mm. but there was just no knowledge of it and how to how to manage it. So yeah, right. Um, yeah, through the early days of it, anyone that had it was kind of making it up or was soft, or and so you were kind of battling these perceptions. That, mm. um, and so it was a really difficult injury. And I remember Brad going through it, and and you know, social media was starting to become mm. quite popular, and people were just just paying out on him. You know, he's weak and soft, and he needs to get out there and harden up. And oh my and, god, and it's like you, you know, I people, never knew this. Yeah, people just have no idea this injury. Yeah, but, but then it's kind of bizarre because now it's drifted off. Yeah. yeah. So osteoarthritis pubis, you, you might hear of it two or three times a year in a professional athlete, but um, it, it kind of became like syndesmosis where everyone was having it. It was almost cool to have it there for a stint. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, in the early days, as I said, there was no management plans. It was this gross yeah, unknown. Yeah, that's it. And so if you had it, it was all in your head. Um, yeah, yeah it was really right. Difficult. So like I said, I've always felt aligned to Brad. We spoke to him with David Lithgow a few weeks ago. I was a, uh, it was cool. He seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how you know having the same injury. You know, and and I'm a, an avid football fan, and, and I'm, you know, I like his game. Yeah, yeah. I've just always felt felt connected to him. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, it's interesting that you a player manager. Yeah, I know. We're all Crouchy fans. Three degrees. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now, we're going to start this show off with a Tasmanian sports update for Harrison Agents, the Tasmanian real estate experts. First of all, we have to talk about the AFLW, a huge week um, in the AFLW with uh, the Gold Coast Suns having snapped up Claire Ransom. Um, she played for North Hobart and obviously got picked. And I play down at North Hobart and have spoken to Claire numerous times. She plays in the ones, obviously far better than me. I'm in the twos. <laughs> um, You're a bit small. But absolutely incredible. She spoke to Jack and Flash yesterday. It's so exciting for her and like unbelievable. She's going to be juggling year 12 as well as playing on the big stage. How exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge thing for her and, and really importantly, I hope the guidance around her is, is strong. Mm. Um, you know, she, she's going through year 12, which is probably the most important year of her life. Yeah. Uh, can really set her up for, for uni. Totally. Or, you know, whatever it is that she wants to do and, mm. um, you know, I think I think times have changed. You know, the message now to young people being drafted, you know, whether it's AFLW, AFL cricket, any professional sport is to have that balance. Mm. You know, so what is next, you know, mm. and... and the unfortunate nature of, of professional sport is it can be over really quickly. You do your knee yeah. or a series of concussions and, you know, if you've, if you've piled your life into it and then it's over, mm. uh, what next? You yeah. Know, you you kind of then have to go back to being a rookie, whether it's from a school standpoint or, or work. So Totally. Um, I'm sure she's she's receiving good guidance, but super exciting. She's a great prospect. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so exciting. I'd be interested now to see what happens in the coming years with the AFLW in terms of pay gaps because Obviously, um, women's football, we saw a bit of a close um, in pay gap there. I'd be interested to see what happens. And I say this because, as well, I used to manage a few AFLW players and they, like, I know that it doesn't draw the same crowds and all the rest of it, but they train so hard and 
not all, not even that, like a couple of the girls that I had were nurses. So they were working night shift and then training the whole next day. Like yeah. I'd love to be able to see them be able to at that level commit fully to training um, at, at, you know, as soon as possible, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But and, and it's and it's um it's good timing because we'll chat with um Vilani later. Yeah. And so you know, Cricket Australia have been very uh, active, I guess, in the space as far totally. as trying to, to to bring the women's game forward and promoting that and getting the women's um contracted players on as you know full time. So yeah, you know, they've kind of gone from uh, low end semi professional where the men were perhaps in the late nineties. Mm. Um, so you know <laughs> it's it's slowly catching up, but I think the benefit that we'll see will be in ten, fifteen years time. You know when as this slowly progresses and, mm. and young girls all over the country are seeing avenues into professional sport. Um, you know, it's those those 8 to 12 year olds now they're like wow I can aspire to this yeah. and they're 18 to 20 that's when totally. you know, we are going to see and, and it's unfortunate that in the current moment you know, there, there is some pay gap there is a you know in terms of commitment and, and different things but um, you know the current girls are you know, pioneers for um, absolutely for, for this next generation coming yeah, through. Yeah, 100%. And we, yeah, obviously touched on at least. Vellani announced she's moving to Tassie permanently, really relocating to Hobart um, Hurricanes for the upcoming season uh, where, she'll, where she'll captain the team. So she's going to join us after 9.30. I'm really pumped to chat to her. She's absolutely incredible. So I'm keen for that. Um, in football, the Devonport Strikers draw a home match against Wellington Strikers, which is exciting for, for football fans in the state to get out and watch that. Um, in the media, we're, we're always trying to sort of keep on top of where things are happening in terms of us getting our own team. August is quickly approaching in that decision. So um, the Carlton CEO, Brian Cook, uh, says Tassie has a better chance of working than not working. He describes it as a free option for the AFL with the government set to give about $900 million to the operation and basically saying, well, the AFL at this point don't have to give anything. Um, what do you think? Yeah, well, that, that's problematic, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yes, it's a, it might be a free option for the AFL at this stage, but mm. $900 million from the from the state <laughs> government. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know, and I, it's difficult because nobody wants a, a Tasmanian team more than me, but mm. given the um, the challenges that we face across society at the moment, homelessness, health, yeah, um, cost of living is, you know, I paid 10 bucks for a lettuce the other day and <laughs> I whinged yep. about it and someone said to me, that's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. I think they're 12. Um, you know, it, it, everything's, your cost of food, fuel is through the roof. So, yeah. you know, how, is it, is it justifiable from the state government to pay that level of money? Mm. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's important that we look at both sides of it. So, yeah. you know, the, the, <laughs> the other AFL president's CEOs are mm. kind of like, hey, if we can get it and it doesn't cost anything great, but, yeah. at, but at what cost to Tasmanians? You know, yeah. Not from a you know financial, but then health and balance mm. life. So it, it is a really, it's a really difficult one. Mm. Um, we may well be granted a license, but, you know, <laughs> the, the cost... Yeah, it's it's a really difficult one. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's not me making that call on behalf of the state government. Yeah, me too, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> um, and on that as well, um, I've been watching the Believers podcast um, with the Believe Tasmanian campaign happening, and Alistair Clarkson had come out and he didn't rule out becoming Tassie's coach if we were to get an AFL team. Um, obviously, he was hired by in the Tasmanian AFL task force, so. Um, it's interesting to hear what he thinks. And he said he'd love to see Chris Fagan or Brendan Bolton be looked at for the coaching role. I think that would be pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And, and, and look, <laughs> if I mean, we do get our own it's team. It's going to be interesting to see how, you know, what model is is um, is rolled out if we do get a team. So, mm. 
you know, are we like Gold Coast and GWS where we're given, you know, huge drafts um, mm. access, you mm. know, with I think at, at different stages, Gold Coast had four of the top 10 yeah. Yeah. Uh, additional picks thereafter for a few years. Um, you know, a potential, uh, there is a potential for, um, you know, NBA expansion and, and obviously smaller lists, different sport, I get that, but... Um, uh, you know, they look at keeping eight players mm. um, and then everyone else goes into a free agency basket and, and, and the two teams or one team or whatever it is have had the chance to, to draft from that. Yeah, right. Potentially what, what I see as a, you know, could be a real win is that, you know, if if there is a couple of years notice for clubs, you, you give the Tasmanians the opportunity to come and play Mm. in Tassie so say Toby Nankervis wants to come and be a part of this first year he puts his hand up and says yep I want to be a part of it mm. which gives Richmond a bit of notice to to list manage and prepare and get another Ruckman in they've got Soldo yeah and so rather than the draft compensation coming to Tasmania mm. that draft compensation would go to Richmond for mm, Toby Nankervis so the Tasmanian players would be ranked and then the draft compensation goes to so you I don't know, mind that. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we start with a with the majority yeah. of, of Tasmanians. Yeah, that'd which, be awesome. Which builds the buy-in mm. um, because I'm not sure that you know if we start as a, a GWS with draft concessions mm. and you know a host of kids from other states that that we don't know or don't have a connection to. Mm. Um, that that is where it could fall over. But the, you know the, the prospect of bringing in Tasmanians. Um, I think would would be a huge win, and there's mm. enough talent to make that work. Bloody I think, there is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, going now to a bit of local footy before we uh, before we wrap up our um, our sporting update. How good is this? A Hobart tradie by the name of Tyler Ford has added his name to the history books after smashing a 50 year goal kicking record. Uh, he's got 24.8 last weekend for Bothwell. Um, and that's the the biggest we've seen in the ODFA, which is the Oatlands District Football Association. And he drives to Bothwell for training um, from Hobart every weekend and, and, and during the week. So good. I just love that. Can you imagine the swagger during the oh week? Oh, my Four goals, eight. Just but rocking around. Yep. Give, some, give some thought to, to the Oatlands boys who are on the receiving end of that. It's yeah. their first year back in the competition for some time. Yeah. So the local communities put their hand up and said, we want a team. We're, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're an expansion club in, in many regards, doing mm. it hard, and, and now they've been straight bullied. So spare a thought for the, for yeah. the Oatlands boys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The, the umpire behind him apparently just like whispered to him he was a few away from breaking the record and the umpire the goal umpire knew uh, and was whispering mate you need not three helpful. more like come on you'll break the it's record it's like being on 95 in cricket and like everyone's like yeah yeah you only need five more yeah like, no, 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 I don't need to know that no you're stressing me out that's right the stress <laughs> oh very good well that was our sporting update all thanks to Harrison Agents the Tasmanian real estate experts we'll be back after a sh- uh, short break uh, we'll be playing hot or not after this Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. On Saturdays in Tassie, hot or not. This is my favourite, my favourite segment, Hot or Not, uh, this week for Heart Sports Drinks, fueling Tassie Sport, on sale now and available at your favourite local store. 
Right, first off the rank, Eric Hipwood sent to the tribunal over umpire incident, hot or not? Oh, this is really... Is there any middle ground here? Yeah, (laughs) it's a hard one, right? It's a hard one. I think I'm going to say hot because... um, I mean, he definitely pushed him into the umpire. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt about that. But I, 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 I like the cheekiness to it. I like the element of cunning that he pushes his player into the umpire. They both fall over. He runs into the forward 50 unmanned mm. marks goals. Mm. I think. Mm. I think in that instance, it would have been. You know, we heard uh, umpiring common sense used uh, a few a few weeks ago. Well, uh, about a month ago now, when uh, Chad Warnick booted the ball into the stands after oh, the yeah, siren, after that. giving yeah. away the free kick and. Everyone's kind of said, oh, it was great, umpire common sense. You know, I think yeah. the common sense approach in, in this instance would have been to stop play mm-hmm. and, and ball the ball up back where the collision took place so that yeah. Hipwood didn't gain any advantage from it. Yeah. Um, and, and look, it was deemed serious and serious enough that, you know, that the MRP looked at it. Mm. Um, I think he'll escape sanction. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it, it was an interesting one. You don't see it too often. And of no. course, umpire contact is... Uh, the, the biggest no-no. You, yeah, you want to keep obviously keep them safe in the game, but then there's an element of do you do you use the umpire sometimes if you're in that situation to create a bit of space? I think, like, I, yeah, I, like, mean, I don't I, know. You don't intend to hurt them, like, or knock them over, but I think if it, they're there, it definitely happens in and around the stoppages. So yeah. know, the umpire will ball it up, and effectively that space directly behind them in a line where they're going to trot backwards. Yeah. Is, is a is a space where potentially you can try and hold your player exactly, in line yeah. and then and then create um, 100%. a little running pattern for yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm sure it happens all over the place, but in this in this instance, mm. uh, I liked it through the cunning and it, mm. and it ended up in a goal. But um, you know, if, if we're going down the common sense path, mm. blow the whistle, yep. stop the play, bring it back to where the collision was, ball it up. Yeah, I think would have been the way to go. Yeah, I probably agree to be honest. Now for you, Holly, hot mm-hmm. or not? Nick Kyrgios should have received sanction for his remarkable behaviour behaviour at at Wimbledon mm. spitting incident. Um, he spat at a at a in the direction of a crowd and spit on the mm. crowd member. Mm. That would have been a thirty five meter uh, golly. But um, mm. yeah, it, it was an ugly, it was a pretty ugly scenes, particularly at Wimbledon, which is the, the yeah. classiest event on the calendar. Yeah, I've got to say, um, in terms of hot or not, the behaviour I'd say is not. I see I see a few things happening here. Nick did talk to the umpire saying this crowd is getting a bit ridiculous in terms of booing. Um, I've heard that there could have been even racial slurs thrown about, which absolutely you cannot have. Like, it doesn't matter who you are or how privileged you are to be in that position or at Wimbledon or in any instance, that can't be accepted, I think. So... I see an element of where he's coming from and the frustration in that. If someone's having giving you racial slurs while you're playing and booing you and clapping every time you're going to serve, I don't think that's on either. Um, and I think that's on probably the umpire needed to, to escort those people out. They can't be welcome if you're, if you're doing that. But do I think that behaviour is okay? No, I don't. Like, I think, yeah. There's, <laughs> he's a wild card. Like, Nick, he's... um. Yeah, he's always going to bring bring headlines, old Nick, for for his performance and for his for his antics. But um, yeah, it, it's a it's a tough one because if if yeah if there is racial slurs happening, um, then I think yeah it, it's not on on both parties. But do I think the spitting yeah it's gross. 
<laughs> I don't I don't love that. And I, his attitude was sort of like, I couldn't really care less if there's an investigation about it. He, he literally said, I couldn't care less if there's an investigation about me doing that, to be brutally honest. Um, and he said, I know what I bring to the sport. One of the most important, I'm one of the most important people in the sport. Do you want to speak <laughs> about that? Nothing to investigate there because it's just factual. <laughs> like, but isn't that, love- <laughs> isn't that comment itself just a bit of a problem? Like as Australians, we, we like to stay grounded and humble and, yeah. and Nick is everything that is against that as a value. I mean, that, mm. that comment in itself is, is pretty outlandish because if, if, he, if he had the work ethic of Roger Federer, or, or Rafa Nadal, absolutely. He, he could well be the most important player in tennis. He is that naturally gifted. Mm. But this whole sideshow that he creates and, you know, the, the, the lack of work, what perceived lack of work ethic, mm. um, to me, it's it's a bit of a problem for I, I just don't think he gets the best out of himself. No. Yeah, I would agree. He doesn't get the best out. Yeah. I, I really I really love watching him, so it pains me to say oh, it. And absolutely. For he's a an while there as well, like he was pretty well behaved. I think he's just so over the media. Like he went into the press eating his lunch. Like, yeah, but it's, it's just, <laughs> just a, a bit like, oh, okay. He kind he kind of doesn't do himself any favors. He, yeah. He contradicts himself all the time because you know one of his comments in that presser was, you know, I don't I don't go into the into into their workplace and abuse them and belittle them. Mm. But on the flip side. He's abusing the lines people mm. who who are in their workplace, yeah, and 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 has abused umpires who are in their workplace. So it's kind of, yeah, and and yeah, ag- you make agre- a good point. Agreed, one hundred percent. The racial stuff needed to be, yeah, like, th- those oh, they should have been sent be out, long, yeah, and and flicked out, you know. And if he's yeah. and if he's made that accusation, then it has to be followed through. Um, yeah, similar to uh, the Adam Goods stuff that that we've seen. Like surely yeah. we've learned that. If, you can't have that. That's right. If that's happening, then those people have to go. Um, but, you know, in terms of people, you know, giving him a bit of jip from the sidelines, you know, he kind of mm. does bring a little bit of that on himself. Racial, mm. unacceptable. Yeah. Bit of, bit of banter. Um, mm. You know, I think Ben Stiller gave it to him uh, a mm. month or so. Yeah. And they had to be pretty funny back and forward. But, yeah, Nick Nick does himself no It will be pretty hard, like... Have you had that when when you were playing like heckling from the crowd or when when um, things were down like that would be pretty, it would be pretty hard to deal with and pretty frustrating. Um, not saying that his actions are warranted or anything like that, but far out it'd be pretty annoying. Pretty pretty different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, cricket's a different game. And, yeah, of course. And because it's a slower pace, you know. And I was probably lucky domestically. We we played where you know there were crowds people yeah. would come and watch you'd get you know 10,000 people mm. um at the Gabba I remember a day half the half the um the Gabba was filled with uh, volunteer firefighters mm. and and I, I copped it for the entire uh for the entire time but mm. part of the challenge I like the challenge of trying to win that portion of the crowd over yeah so, and and it's really easily done in cricket there's always a uh, a drinks box so you hand out five drinks to kids sitting on the fence yep. they used to steal a ball out of the bag take a new ball down <laughs> give that to one of the kids Aww. and then everyone that's around is like oh jeez oh, well we can't really we can't really bully him anymore <laughs> so kids and puppy retrievers yep. if you can take advantage of both you're in the game so maybe Nick just Nick needs, needs to, to walk yeah. out with seven or eight guide dogs and he'd, be, and he'd be fine oh god I love that well that is hot or not all thanks to Heart Sports Drinks fueling Tassie Sport on sale now and available at your favourite local store we'll be back after a quick break we'll be having an interview with Brett Morgan from My State Bank really excited to chat to him so we'll be back shortly Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. 
get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 55 8.32 this Saturday morning. Beautiful day out there and we are giving a warm welcome to Brett Morgan, CEO of My State Bank. Welcome, Brett. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. Now tell us, we've, um, I'm all constantly impressed by My State Bank and what they're doing in the community to, to support local sport as well as obviously um, our, our big team, our Jack Jumpers. But let's start. Um, I've noticed obviously that My State Bank is supporting Football Tasmania by providing a free ball to every registered junior player in Tassie. I saw a really great photo of you with the kids. Um, how exciting is this and how did this come about, this initiative? Yeah, no, it's very cool. We um, And it was awesome to be out at Wentworth Park at Clarence giving some balls out to the juniors. Yeah. But this all started back in 2020 uh, when my state got involved. You know, post-COVID, um, we wanted to help the community and, and, and the kids get back outside after, um, you know, the lockdown. And, and sport's a wonderful way to get, you know, people happy, healthy, enjoyable, connected. So my state bank partnered with Football Taz and, um, yeah, we came up with the idea of giving every junior soccer player in the state uh, a soccer ball or a football. And um, so we've continued that over the last three years. Um, so it's been incredible. Um, it's great for us, great to be part of the community and, you know, we love doing it. Yeah, I love it. And um, I know my state also sponsors the Women's Super League here. What else is my state doing at the moment in the community? Yeah, so with, um, I mean, with, with football, we've, um, you know, the first year we were help, help get the kids back out by providing footballs and just being part of it. And um, since then, we've actually sponsored, we also sponsor the Women's Super League. So we, um, you know, closely follow that and see Launceston leading there, but South Hobart and Clarence closely behind. So yeah. so it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting league. We also, um, we do a couple other things like partner the referees. So in, in this day and age, you know, football referees do a great job and, and need to be supported. So we're really proud to be partnering with them. But, the, the thing we love the most, or we love all of it, but love the most is that community football and the kids. And so we give out um, give out the soccer balls and we'll give out over 20,000 this year. But we also um, sponsor and support Good Sports Awards. And this is where the um, when, a, when a game is played, um, each of the kids get a token and they give it to the player on the opposition team who is the good sport. And then we, oh, then we provide so them cool. with... Um, Certificates at the end of the end of the year. We're actually giving away over a hundred um, awards today up in Launceston at Churchill Park. Oh. So, so um, the Northern Tassie kids getting their um, getting their awards today, and about fifteen hundred soccer awards as well. So, I love so that's it. um, you know, we're, yeah, we're really proud of that at my state. So, you know, we, with football, we're doing a lot. We're also, as you said, with um, the Jack Jumpers and my state Bank Arena, um, and how, what a wonderful story that is. And uh, with a couple of other things my state do are in the community around, we sponsor a film festival. So that's where kids in schools can get creative and, and um, make films to be judged. So, and that's a wonderful thing. And we have a foundation which supports underprivileged kids in Tassie too. So we do a lot in the community, um, but particularly, you know, wonderful to get the kids back out and kicking soccer balls. Yeah, absolutely love it. Brett, uh, Another Brett here. You and I are probably last of the Mohicans when it comes to the Bretts. There aren't many, aren't many baby Brett. There's baby not many Bretts of us around. There. Are there? <laughs> pretty, pretty slim pickings. You, me, and Brett Stubbs, I think. Is a baby born and it comes as Brett? Like it's one of those. Flag, yeah. um, mate, uh, huge, huge congratulations on all those initiatives. My, my state are absolutely blitzing on a, on a community front. So, you're, you know, you'd obviously be enormously uh, proud um, of the work that you're doing there, but. Could could you have envisaged the success of the Jack Jumpers? You know, when you're um, naming rights sponsor of, um, of of the 
deck um is like did you did you forecast that after 12 months time you know the state would be sitting on something really special yeah well i, I imagine like the team um you know we were just proud to be part of it and, and involved in it the first year and what a wonderful thing it is for tassie to have their have their you know state team um firstly in a competition in the competition but secondly doing so well and and you know it's um when you talk to people from interstate and they talk about this story and even overseas they're talking about the incredible story of the jack jumpers and the underdog and it just goes to show you what teamwork and, and good people working together to achieve the goal does so no we we um to be honest we were just happy to be part of it at the start and proud to be part of that story um and and i know the jack jumpers team are incredibly proud of, of what was achieved so as is the whole state and what a wonderful um what a wonderful thing for the state to rally behind a, a state team and they're doing so well can't wait mm. for next year yeah absolutely and and in hopes are high that we might uh we might see our um, teams, you know, double by the end of the year. We might have our own AFL team, in which case I'd be surprised if my state wasn't wasn't backing that as well. Um, I know you're all about community sport and, and, and we love that from you guys. So thank you so much for coming on and I'm super excited to get back down to my state bank with the, the new season. A few good recruits at the Jack Jumper. So we'll see. Hopefully uh, we might find ourselves in, in the finals again. That'd be lovely. Yeah, looking forward to another good year. And Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Brett. Brett, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Holly. Cheers. Thank you. See you. What a legend, My State Bank. They do so much in the community. It's awesome. Can't wait to get back there for, an, uh, for another for another season of the Jack Jumpers. What do you reckon? You reckon we'll make finals again? Yeah. Look, I mean, my my state are doing some unbelievable yeah, things, as, awesome. as we just heard. So you know, it's great to see uh, you know local business you know supporting uh, the Tasmanian community, particularly at a time where the support is really needed. Um, yeah, so, totally. You know, whilst um, you know, gifting a ball to each player, it's you know part of a sponsorship package. Um, what that means to the young people receiving that is you know beyond um, belief for them. You yeah. Know? And and as we spoke about before, the cost of living, different things, families are doing it really hard. So it's a, mm. it's a huge gesture yeah, from wrong. my state, but. Yeah, I mean the Jack Jumpers is exciting, and yeah. you know anyone that, that that came on board with the Jack Jumpers in the beginning, Willie Smith, My State, yeah, uh, all those sponsors, they must just be licking their lips, going, "Oh my wow!" Yeah, you know, this like is in awesome. Terms of, Part of history. Yeah, yeah, in terms of you know that commercial piece, you know, and, and it is hard, you know, committing huge amounts of money as a, a as sponsor, mm. you know, because it, it would feel in 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 the early stages as a straight donation piece. Yeah, or know, and a risk. Yeah, huge totally. Risk, yeah, yep. but in this instance. Um, um, one that's paid off hugely. So, yeah. again, well done to my state. They're yeah, doing some great things. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. We'll be back after a short break. Um, we're going to play the SEN Time Machine after this, which will be a bit of fun. Your first time in the Time Machine. Looking forward to it. Look forward to it. We'll be back after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 The Saturdays in Tassie time machine. Welcome back to Saturdays in Tassie. It is about 20 to 9. It's a, it's a beautiful sunny day here. I'm looking forward to, to a big weekend of sport and watching the footy. Did you watch the footy last night? 
Yeah, yeah. signers. Yeah. yeah, huge. Um, now we're going to go on our time machine now. Um, events in sport that have happened on this day. It's so funny, the first time we did this is um, a couple of weeks ago. And on the exact day that we were talking about, it was Matty Capuano. <laughs> Matty Capuano's debut for North and I um, was commentating with him last weekend for the footy. I was like, did you know that it was the um, anniversary of your debut uh, last Saturday? And he was like, how would you even know? (laughs) (laughs) He thought I was a super fan. some sort of crazy stalker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a North supporter, so he's probably just like, oh, I didn't realise you were that into North. Like, (laughs) it's so funny. Um, We'll go through some of these. Some of these are American, but you found a couple of uh, of little gems. Um, 1902 Wimbledon women's tennis, Muriel, Muriel Robb wins her only major title with a 7-5-6-1 defeat of fellow Britain Charlotte Cooper. Um, what else have we got here? 1906 Yanks win by forfeit for the first time. That's interesting. Um, what did you find? Yeah, so 1971, Wimbledon's women's tennis in an all-Australian final. Yvonne Goolagong beats Margaret Court 6-4-6-1 for the first of two Wimbledon singles titles. Yeah, there's heaps of stuff in here about Wimbledon's tennis. 1909, Wimbledon women's tennis Dora Boothby and her own Wimbledon title. There's heaps in here. 19, what is, what is this? 907 US National Championship Women's Tennis in Philadelphia. Um, Evelyn Sears beats fellow American Carrie Neely. There's heaps. There's all, all the girls are in here. Just just um, absolutely winning. Well, huge, yeah, huge Wimbledon focus across all the uh, across all our research a minute before we decided to run this segment. I know. I'd love to go. <laughs> I'd bloody love to go to Wimbledon. There's some famous birthdays. Daniel Kowalski, the Australian swimmer, born in 1975. Olympics mm. bronze, silver from in 1996. He's actually born in Singapore. Yeah, right. I found a couple of birthdays. 1882, Edgar Main, Australian cricketer. Um, he's from Victoria, born, but, oh, played in Victoria, born in Jamestown, South Australia. It's his, it was his birthday. Um, and we've also got 1907, Leo O'Brien, Australian cricket batsman, um, f- played five tests in Victoria, born in Melbourne. Um, his birthday. So there you go. So July 2nd is a pretty boring day in terms of the time machine. Yeah, not a whole lot <laughs> Not happening. a lot happened. But bit of, I, bit of I Wimbledon do, news. I know. I love this segment when there's some really exciting like Aussie Aussie ones, but lots of um, lots of Wimbledon women's tennis it in is, there. But that's is, all right. It is fitting in the modern day that Yvonne Goolagong beat Margaret yeah. Court. I think that that's, we can make some parallels there in, in the way society shifted as well. So yeah. uh, a big win for, for Yvonne. I'm excited to get um, later in the year. I'm heading um, heading to see to watch my first baseball game in the US, and I haven't experienced any sport in the US, but I just think it's going to be magic. You might as well go and watch a game of cricket, so you can sleep for the first eight innings, wake <laughs> up for the ninth, grab a beer, and that's when it all kind of starts. A bit like the the BBL, you know, the modern game is. Watch the first five overs, the last five <laughs> overs, and you'll be fine. Or yeah, Bathurst, okay. even race car driving. Yeah. You know, watch the first twenty minutes, last twenty minutes, and you'll be you'll you'll kind of get a gist of what's happening. <laughs> I'm excited for it. What's the best live sport well, you reckon you've NBA watched? NBA is, yeah. is is pretty. I cool. haven't been to an NBA game. I'm I got, dying. To I got go. really lucky. Went to uh, the Western Conference Finals, uh, Lakers Suns at Staples Center. Yeah. First two games, Kobe scored forty. In three quarters, in the first game, he's put on a masterclass. That's it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. They were up by 25 or something, so he sat in the last. 
And then in the next game, he had 13 assists. So just came out and played direct opposite game facilitator. Yep. Uh, and again, they were up by 30 at, um, at three-quarter <laughs> time. And he, he sat in the last. So it was, it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Well, the NBL is really, like, really setting a standard. Like, there's so many players now that want to come over and play for Australia, which is awesome. It's it's kind of bizarre. The NBA experience and the NBL experiences are, as a fan were, were very different. So mm. the NBA there's not as big a focus on the music and, and the entertainment yeah. side of things, whereas in the NBL, there's music constantly playing. It's yeah. great for the kids. Oh, it's so good. And it's like, it. what is it? Like an hour, They the kids don't, you know, sit around getting bored. Yeah. There's the yeah. cheerleaders that come out. Like it's perfect to take kids but as to. But as an old basketball fan, you know, someone that, that loves a game, I'd like to be able to hear the coaches yelling the you know some yeah. of, some of the communication between the players. I've heard Scotty Roth yell to be fair through the <laughs> through the beatbox of the yeah. enormous sound system in there. Walk out with a migraine. I know. Oh, very good. We'll be back after that. That was our time machine, but we'll be back in about a couple of minutes, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about all the draft updates and what's happening what's happening in the basketball. And then shortly after that, we'll have Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing uh, to have a quick chat to us, as well as Chris Simmons from the Hobart Phoenix Basketball Club to give us an update of a couple of things happening around there. So we'll be back shortly. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 that's right. We are quickly approaching 9am. Um, we're here all thanks to Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. Now, we're going to chat a little bit about the NBA draft. I don't know a whole lot about this. You follow it a lot more than me. I'm just a strictly Jack Jumpers fan. So, wait, first of all, who's your team? Rookie. Who... Uh, no, I'm a Mavs fan. Mavs so fan, okay. Dirk Nowitzki, yep. I would... Um... I would marry. You know, just, uh, I love him. His humility, <laughs> sacrifice, money—unbelievable player. But um, yeah, huge, huge couple of days. I mean, the what what the NBA does really well is it's a twelve-month product. So, where, as soon as the season finishes, they go into the drafts. Uh, there's trades, there's movement, mm-hmm. then free agency takes place. Uh, summer league happens, so you, you get a feel for the rookies, the new players, how squads uh, take effect. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a breather, and then it's preseason, and the season rolls again. And, yep. and to be honest, the most enjoyable part of the year is the the last couple of days. So free agency, there's been so much movement. Um, uh, we've seen uh, the Nets are likely to lose Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving, who they signed in free agency a couple of years ago. That that hasn't worked. Um, Kyrie Irving has caused all, all sorts of issues uh, within the Nets. Uh, obviously, COVID um, you know, has, has wreaked havoc on all sport. Um, athletes have you know, been asked to, to vaccinate, um, mm. and, and, and the New York mandate um, meant that it was you know, compulsory, effectively, yep. if you wanted to, to take part in games. Uh, Kyrie Irving refused, which meant mm-hmm. that he was available for, for not many games. There weren't many cities either that he could travel and play. Yeah. Um, so the, the Nets asked him to sit out, which he did. Uh, then the season started to progress, and they're like, oh, maybe we need Kyrie. They brought him back in, and mm-hmm. it was a huge problem. He was available for you know one in every four games, and it, and it just created huge issues. As a result of that, uh, James Harden... Um, who they traded for and gave away a, a record haul of seven draft picks. Yeah. Um, 
so you can you can trade every second pick by the Stephen rule, and then they've done pick swaps with Houston. So okay. Houston get the best of the picks. Um, with the news that that they're likely likely to lose Durant and Irving, and whilst they'll get a decent haul, those picks to Houston become hugely valuable. Yeah, now. massively. Um, so they've had to trade Harden. They got Ben Simmons again. It's just been a, an absolute calamity for them. So huge news there. There's talk that. Uh, Durant's got the Suns as his preferred team. Mm-hmm. Uh, potential trade packages, talk of uh, DeAndre Ayton in a sign of trade, Mikael Bridges and, and picks, which would be a huge haul for the Nets. And to be honest, it might actually be, you know, if that happens, that could turn into a real win for them. Yep. Uh, ben Simmons and those two guys, um, you know, with, with, with shooters, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a pretty good team. Yeah. Uh, this morning, Rudy Gobert was traded uh, from the Utah, Utah Jazz to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have gone big up front. Cole Towns uh, will likely play the four, so the power forward. Rudy Gobert becomes uh, the starting center. So they've gone old school Twin Towers. Um, absolutely huge lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, the, the, the haul uh, for Utah, five first-round picks uh, and then player filler, Jared Vanderbilt. Um, uh, I haven't got it in front of me, but... Um, Patrick Beverly was a part of that trade as well. Yep. Uh, the Boston Celtics, they've added uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I think I want Boston to be my team. That you'd be jumped. No, <laughs> you need to. You got to start at the low end. Um, so the Celtics have traded for Malcolm Brogdon, who um, at season's end, you know, one of the one of their needs was a, a facilitator, true point guard. Yep. Uh, which Malcolm Brogdon can do. Um, so he'll he'll split the facilitating role with Marcus Smart. Uh, mm-hmm. Derek White off the bench. So a first-round pick to the Pacers and some fluff. I think Daniel Tice and uh, Aaron Naismith were part of that. They've also added Danilo Gallinari, um, who was traded to the Spurs in a trade for DeJounte Murray. Um, and so they've added two really key rotation uh, pieces, and they've lost none of their core rotation. So they've only improved. Um, so they'll, they'll be a, a championship favorite heading into next year. Um my Mavs lost uh, Jalen Brunson to the Knicks, who signed for a four-year, $110 million deal. Oh, bloody hell. Um, huge issues with, with this transaction. Um, so in the NBA, when you're not, you're not meant to negotiate contracts before the start of free agency. Right. Uh, this, this deal was done and effectively announced a week ago. So Jalen Brunson's father was appointed as an assistant coach uh, to the Knicks. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brunson's agent is the son of the New York Knicks um, president, okay. Leon well, Rose. Well, we can see what's going on. <laughs> and Leon Rose is effectively Jalen Brunson's godfather. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a little smelly. So yeah. whether, whether, <laughs> or not, whether or not that turns into a tampering piece, and look, the, the fine for tampering over the last few years has been a second-round draft pick. So it's not... You know, it's not the end of the world for the Knicks. And if yeah. you look at what they've given up to create the cap space, they've given away $6 million in cash. Mm-hmm. Nerland's Noel, Alec Burks, they traded pick 11 to the OKC Thunder. So they've gone all in to, to ensure that they've got the cap space to, to bring Jalen Brunson in. Uh, and look, you know, from the Mavs end, Brunson was a perfect fit for Luka Doncic. You know, he played that, um, that secondary role really well. He can facilitate, mm-hmm. he can score. Uh, not the greatest defender, six-one, small arms. So, um, but the challenge for the Mavs is that they've lost him for zero. There's no return, no yeah. draft pick, no young player. Um, so the challenge for them is, you know, how they replace him, and they have no salary cap. So, mm. 
even if they did sign Brunson, uh, they would have been over the cap, so they would have paid enormous luxury tax. Yeah. Um, and Mark Cuban, who's you know pretty pretty popular uh, of the owners, very active on social media. There's some concerns around um, his financial situation, so you know he's come out publicly before and said 80% of his investments are in crypto. Um, right. And so there is a real fear that he that he has no money. Um, right. after the, the enormous losses that, that uh, cryptocurrency has faced um, over the, the previous little period. So the Mavs are in a bit of strife. They did, uh, they did make a huge trade for Christian Wood, who's a bit of a, uh, an offensive um, uh, dynamo. Not great defensively, but mm-hmm. um, he'll, 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 be, he'll fit in really nice next to Luca. And uh, some other news, uh, the Portland Trailblazers have surrounded uh, Damien Lillard and Anthony Simons, who signed an extension with um, a couple of really quality defenders in Jeremy Grant in a trade from the Pistons, and they got him dirt cheap. Um, uh, Future first, and uh, Gary Payton second um, signed with them on, a, on an $8 million deal from the Warriors, so mm-hmm. he got a championship there and has come across. So uh, pretty good roster build for the Blazers. They also Adios. signed Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, to a four-year, seventy million dollar deal, and um, yeah, so they they've they've improved hugely. Um, the challenge mm. for them in the past has been Lillard and CJ McCollum as a defensive pairing. They've you know they've they've really struggled to surround them with quality defenders. Uh, bringing in Jeremy Grant, Peyton, Nurkic to to anchor the the, the middle. Uh, they shape up quite well. Yeah, right. You you're all over this. Oh, I I love it to be honest. I um. You do. I can see the light in your eyes talking about basketball. The last few nights, like free agency is unbelievable. I love the roster building piece and the way they manage the cap and um yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty impressive time of the year if you're an NBA fan. Um and and you know particularly when you know you kind of get the egos are in place. So Kevin yeah. Durant, Kyrie Irving. Um, came across to the Nets as the saviors. They they depart in in on really bad terms. Kyrie Irving more so. Uh, where they end up, you know, who knows? I, I do think the fit for the Nets sending Durant to the Suns if they can get Aiton Bridges back, that'd be a huge win. And it, you know, part of the challenge for the Nets is they can't blow it up on a rebuild because they don't own their picks. Yep. So they're in a situation where you know they need to bring in talent. Yeah, interesting. You're there just going to you have to tell me. I'm getting very educated here. This is great. You're going to have to tell me who to go for now. You can decide on my team and I'll You've become... You've got to start low end. You can't jump on the champs. <laughs> I want to go for an underdog like the, like the Jack Jumpers and then they'll the come Knicks. up and... the Knicks. Maybe jump on the, the Knicks. Knicks. All right. Okay, Set I'm a Knicks. Set yourself up for 20 years of heartache. Okay, yeah. wonderful. I already have heartache barracking for North. So well, you're I'll a just... Yeah. That's yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with that. Speaking of North, <laughs> I've got my uh, my fellow North supporter after the break, Andrew Jenkins from Taz Racing, and we'll have Chris Simmons from Hobart Phoenix basketball club to come with us and have a have a bit of a chat uh we'll break now to the news and we'll be back shortly live across tasmania on 1629 sen tassie and streaming live on the sen app this is saturdays in tassie get involved in the show anytime text 0437 552 535 Saturdays in Tassie. Good morning. We are here for Taz Racing. More than a sport, more than an industry. Visit itswhywerace.com.au. Andrew Jenkins, the Chief Operating Officer of Taz Racing, as well as Chris Simmons uh, from Hobart Phoenix Basketball Club. Welcome, gents. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Holster. Great to be here. Thank you. No worries. You got Chris there? Morning. Morning. Yeah, How morning. are you, Chris? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good, good. Now, the two of you guys have teamed up for the Virtual Stable and Racing Connect programs. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about this and, and what's involved? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Holly. And morning, Chris. Hope you're going well, mate. Uh, so Virtual Stable is a, uh, a competition that we set up in partnership with Clubs Tasmania, and it enables community and sporting clubs to get involved in a, a virtual tipping competition where clubs over uh, a couple of months picked a stable of um, uh, five greyhounds, three paces, and two gallopers. And over that period of time, uh, we track their wins, and every time one of their, their runners um, gets a win, we put aside $500 for them up to a maximum of $5,000 per community or, or sporting club. So we just felt it was a great way to um, get these clubs involved in, in yeah, racing. Cool. They can get their um, their members around it and have a bit of fun and uh, and watch it on the, on the telly. And we split it up across the regions as well. So we had seven clubs down the south, seven in the north, and seven on the, the northwest coast. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're getting the whole, the whole state involved. And... And Chris, what does it mean um, to you to have the club involved and have Taz Racing support behind this? Uh, is the club excited and, and how, uh, how are we tracking so far? Yeah, look, it's been a great initiative and it, it came off the back of the, the Racing Connect partnership, which we've been um, had in place now for two years with, trot, with the Trotting Club. Um, so the Racing Connect one um, yeah, is finished now, so it ran, ran over two months. Uh, we were fortunate enough that our Virtual stable had ten winners, so so we maxed out at the five thousand. Not bad. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, that is yeah, pretty, not a bad little yeah, win. Pretty, <laughs> Thank you, Taz Racing. Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, it's amazing, and so for for a club like ours, that's that's based on a volunteer base and and yeah. growing at a, a huge rate. You know, with our number of teams has increased in the last five years from twenty two to forty four. We've got um, schools wanting to do programs all the time. We're trying to improve a whole lot of areas. So. To keep the number of uniforms up, the number of um, the amount of equipment in terms of balls and coaches' kits, and um, this year we're going to bring in some guest coaches from from interstate. So we've got Adam Gibson coming down this month, who's played over 400 NBL games. So oh, allowing awesome. opportunities like that isn't isn't possible without partnerships like this. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's going to be fantastic for our club. Oh, that's class, and and um, I'm, I'm just looking at Andrew now. He looks very proud that that, that that's he's, happened. He's actually crying. Yeah, because, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, which is terrific. No, Taz, Taz Racing is absolutely wrapped. It's um, it's really important that we're uh, giving something back to to our community and yeah. um, those that support our our, our sport. And you know, look, another really simple example is Georgetown Footy Club, who collected two thousand dollars in winnings, and they're putting that towards uh, weather apparel for their uh, volunteers on game day. Oh, so how just, good's that? Just that really simple stuff that we think is a, a great way to engage our community. Yeah, yeah I mean, you've, you've partially, <clears throat> excuse me, answered the, um, the question I was going to ask. Uh, Chris, $5,000 for, for an amateur sporting club is, is a huge return. Um, yeah, you've kind of answered how you'll, how you'll use that. Um, is, is there anything in the pipeline for, for that money? Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, so, so what, it, what it means is that we don't have to put pressures back on our families. And it's been a, a tough couple of years for, for families right across the state um, yeah. with COVID and other challenges. So you don't want to be going offering wine drives and chocolate drives and other things all the time. So this, this yeah. allows us just to take that pressure off, off families. Um, we've just bought a, a new doctor's shooting machine, um, which is a big investment, but allows kids to, to train a little bit differently and do some stuff on their own. And now we want to get a game editing program. So some of this money will go towards that editing program that allows coaches to video training, video games, chop up the vision and then watch it back with teams just to improve um, some of the team and individual aspects of the game. 
Mm, that's awesome. Have you seen, um, I guess, excitement grow around your club off the back of the Jackies as well? It's exciting to see how many kids are now getting involved with basketball. Has that been emulated into into Hobart Phoenix? Oh, it's out of control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting we're getting requests <laughs> uh, every week for for kids wanting to play, for schools wanting to run basketball programs. Yeah, um, we had so to so this term we've had 150 kids in after school programs that have never played the game before. Um, we oh just don't God, know how we'll fill them into a club yeah. into a club system. Um, the challenge is is finding enough volunteers, finding enough courts, um, finding enough equipment. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it, it's great, but it's challenging for a volunteer organisation. Yeah. Which, which poses uh, a really you know, interesting um, question, Chris, around the infrastructure surrounding basketball. And you, you mentioned the lack of courts. Is, is, is there any talk around government support uh, for that? Because that, that is the biggest problem. If you've got 150 kids in an after-school yeah. program, mm. uh, I'd imagine most of the other clubs are in the same boat. How, does, yeah. how, how can the government support that? What, what's going to happen to ensure that everyone gets a crack? Look, we hope. I mean, I've been coaching for over 30 years and I've heard for over 30 years that the government's going to build more stadiums. So mm. there are plans uh, for some more. You know, there's meant to be another four coming at the Doan Entertainment Centre or My State Arena. Um, so we hope that that'll start later this year um, and that'll only fuel a small void. So I know Basketball Tasmania is doing a lot of work with government and with the Education Department around what what courts are out there, what can have a few dollars spent to, to improve them a little bit so that more basketball can be played in, in some of those school stadiums as well as any of the new ones that get built because, yeah, it's it's gone through the roof, um, especially since the Jack Jumpers have commenced. And, you know, another part of this work was, you know, through the Trotting Club, we did a, a Welcome to Basketball Night in partnership with Taz Trotting and, and the Jack Jumpers um, at the track. So we had a ring set up, we had a DJ, we had face painting. Um, it was a fantastic cool. night and it wouldn't have happened without that Racing Connect partnership. Yeah, that's awesome and, and so good. I I'm, uh, feel like I'm a part of the Taz Racing family now, and I do see firsthand how much you, you how much importance is put on giving back to the community. Um, and it's awesome to see. Tell us a little bit. Uh, big day tomorrow of racing. Tell us a bit about that up at Devonport. Uh, do you know what the track's looking like for tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, always looks good up at um, <clears throat> at Devonport Holster on yep. uh, God's Carpet up there on the on the Tapita. Oh, God's that's Carpet. That's our all uh, all weather surface, which is very handy for us through the um, the wetter months and allows yep. us to look after uh, Mowbray and. Um, um, uh, and Elwick from a Gallup's perspective. So, yeah, look, really strong meeting up there um, tomorrow. Um, we've got um, good good fields, and then, of course, we've got tomorrow afternoon or early evening uh, harness going around at Elwick. Yep. Um, then Monday night, it's um, it's the dogs at um, at Mowbray in Lonnie, so it never stops in Taz Racing. There's uh, there's always plenty of uh, competition going on. There's always something going on. It's like feels like yesterday we were just at Winter Feast, and now another, another event. Taz Racing just doesn't stop at the moment. Do you ever rest? <laughs> Not really. Uh, not, uh, not really, not really, but I'm, I'm very fortunate to, um, to work in an industry that, um, that I absolutely love. So uh, yeah. most days it doesn't, doesn't feel like I'm, you know, getting up at five o'clock to go to work. It's, um, <laughs> uh, That's I, good. I really enjoy it. So yeah. yeah, I've been seeing more and more signs pop up as well. I, I'm actually on my way here, one of the new digital like LED signage in North Hobart about Gap Taz. And every time I see that little face of that dog, I'm like, I want one oh, yeah. so badly. I was, was going to ask you about the Greyhound adoption. <laughs> I mean, that is... That, that that's just a beauty. How has that evolved? Where, where, where does that head to moving forward? Yeah, look, we've had it up and running for a number of years now. In fact, um, over its history, we've, um, uh, we've found homes for nearly 900 former racing greyhounds, so which is just a terrific outcome. And um, 
Yeah, and we've got, uh, we're, we're out at Mangalore, we've got 27 kennels and uh, Leanne Salerno, our program manager, um, is just an absolute weapon. She loves what she does as well and it's got a terrific team. So uh, if anyone's interested in, um, in fostering or uh, adopting one of these docile, beautiful dogs, uh, and th they really are couch potatoes. People think they've come off the racetrack, they're hyper, they're all over the place. Mm, no. Absolutely not true. They're so chilled. They just <laughs> want to be bizarre, by your side. It, that they are, yeah. they are such a placid, you won't find yep. a more placid breed. They're beautiful. You're right, Jeevo. Absolutely beautiful. So anyone interested, just get uh, to the, the website, gaptaz.org.au. Uh, I want one uh, so badly. <laughs> I, I really do. Honestly, we need to go and do a show from there, and I'm just going to lay down and let them crawl over me, all We're the gap dogs. Careful, careful, Holly. We'll get you out well, there. We'll do an yeah, OB. I know. I say, if you yep. bring uh, Andrew in next week, you'll walk in with seven dogs. Yeah, Andrew, please. Like, <laughs> see ya. We'll mic them <laughs> well all up. What a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, in terms of, have you got any 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 special tips or anyone we should keep our eye on for tomorrow? I uh, don't mind one at Devonport tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think it was race five. It's one of uh, it's a local one. One of uh, Glenn Stevo's. Just me uh, writing this down. <laughs> As always, Holster. This comes with zero warranty. But, yeah. Um, yeah. One of, one of the local runners, Stevo's, with um, with Cody Jordan aboard. Uh, race five, number two, Namabal or Namabali. I think it is. Apologies, Stevo. I don't uh, haven't got if I've got the pronunciation wrong there. No, that's all right. Good to know. I've, I've written it down. I'll have a bit of a look at it after the show. Thank you so much, Andrew for joining us and thank you very much Simo um, I look forward to seeing you down at the basketball Simo as well hopefully commentating again um, during the season so yeah can't wait to see you there and um, Andrew and I'll be joining, uh, enjoying a drink while you uh, work hard um, in the in the box at the Jack Jumpers yeah, so um, no look forward to it thank you so much um, both of you for being a part awesome. of the show and we'll be back after a quick break and uh, all thanks to Taz Racing Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 Quickly approaching 9.30 this morning, Saturdays in Tassie, joined by myself, Holly Fowler, and of course with Brett. Thank you for joining me. And uh, we're just, we, uh, um, I want to talk about Jordan Dugowie returns for Collingwood um, this this round and Geelong welcomes back Paddy Dangerfield. So looking forward to that. But um, what do you make of this whole Dugowie situation? I'm interested to get to get your thoughts. Um, obviously, he's got a free agency move happening. Um, what, what, what do you think? Like, what's your opinion of what's happened so far in terms of how the AFL has dealt dealt with this, how he's dealt with this, and also what you think is going to happen um, with him going forward in terms of, I guess, where he might end up? It's a it's a really difficult scenario, isn't it? Because um, it comes down to, you know, I guess, responsibility of the season. So if you're mm. Jordan Dugowie, and yes, you've got your buy break 12 days or you know, whatever it was, do mm. you really need to go to Bali? <laughs> given... Your history, um, you know, of travelling and, and getting it wrong, um, mm. history of just getting it wrong, um, you know. Yeah. And and what what I found really interesting was that, that there was uh, an interview with Tom Hawkins, uh, where he and it wasn't related to Jordan to go, but he spoke about um, the fact that 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 Geelong were able to get so much out of that break as a mini preseason. Mm. So rather than you know taking off to to Bali for a couple of weeks, the Geelong players all understand that that two weeks 
is is hugely important. You know, so yeah. they all got together, they trained, uh, they you know would have identified some areas where they were um, not going so well, mm. with, might be midfield clearances, whatever, and they went to work mm. for two weeks. You know, and 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 that's that's where I think if Jordan Goey, Nick Kyrgios, you know, if they had that focus um, to mm. understand that that two weeks is an opportunity to improve rather mm. than take off and and potentially yeah, yeah yeah potentially you know um it's just created issues and and i wonder and i have no inside word whatsoever but as an outsider looking in you look at the contract situation of degoey um you know and he was looking at some enormous money yeah whether or not collingwood said by all means go to bali mm. knowing full well that um you know he, he couldn't help himself mm. and the impact that that would have on his contract negotiation would ultimately save them four or five hundred thousand dollars mm, mm. and then obviously uh, the impact on other clubs you know maybe not having um as much interest so like there, there's a lot of moving pieces a lot of conspiracies you know there's a lot mm. of different opinions because people outside looking in will, will, will all see this really differently but mm. um at the end of the day he, he shouldn't have been there um, yeah that's you know that sits with him that sits with the club as well um in terms of the videos and stuff like i'm old you know, I don't understand if you're out having a beer. What do you need to be filming it? All the yeah. Time? With, you know, do you need? Mm. I, I I don't. I mean, you're, it's, you're, it's, you're kind of in that age bracket generation. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't know. Like that's the last thing I would think I to do when I'm out it. with my friends. It's like the time where I put down my phone. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not to have to look at my phone for an hour or two when I'm with my mates. But I just, yeah. you know, again, if you look at the, you know, it's, it's kind of social media is an amazing place. I think sometimes when things like this happen. And and one of the theories was that you know that 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 this group that he's ended up you know kind of hooking up with and, mm. and joining in in their holiday with, um, you know, was a bit of a plant mm. to to get as much footage as possible in the hope that he made a blunder. Mm. Um, you know, now that seems pretty far fetched, but mm. in the modern day, <laughs> who knows? Mm. It's uh, it is it is a really interesting place, and you know, as I said, all very avoidable. Um, I love I love Kane Corns. You know he's um, he's strong opinion. You know, he, Me too. He, he called yeah. this up front. He's like, yeah. this is bad. This should not happen. Yeah. And he was proven right. And you know I think Kane's proven right quite a lot. Yeah. Me too. And I obviously Kane's with Sen, and he gets a lot of flack for his um, I I guess how um, blunt he can be in what he says. But I most of the time to be honest I feel like he gets it right yeah, look at, his... at the time though you're like oh that's rogue but then no. it's sort of always like he's sort of always kind of proved himself right in what the I, end yeah, yeah. what I didn't like from him was his apology to, to, to young Ginevan who um, you know they I, I, I still feel like Collingwood got that wrong round one I think they beat the Saints and, and the, the, you know, the social media promotion and the mm. yeah boys and light work and all that kind of stuff mm. um you know, if he was a young five-year player, then, you know, maybe, but, you mm. know, he's only new to the scene. And then, of course, what that's done, and, you know, Kane came out and kind of, you know, pointed out that maybe you just need to chill out. Mm. And his style of play draws attention to himself. So now, you know, he's really struggling to get a free kick because mm. the umpires are kind of on to the, yeah. the, the ruse in a sense. Yeah, that, you're not you know, wrong. He's playing for it a little bit. And, um, and whilst it's worked for Joel Selwood for a large number of years, mm. kind of earned that to a certain, you know, I mean, the shrug. Of course, his, yeah. You know, his shrug manoeuvre is very different to diving headfirst into someone. Um, yeah. So, it's, yeah, like, again, I felt like Kane got that right. I think the week later he dyed his hair and kind of <laughs> apologised. He did it well, it. yeah. I don't, I don't think he needed to. I think no. that was one where he really could have stood stood by that yeah. and, and kind of owned it. But, 
Um, I kind of liked that he did that. It was it was nice to see that like sort of funny lighter side of, of Kane's personality because yeah. he yeah. is so funny. Like we, um, I had a business breakfast a uh, would have been a month ago back um, in Adelaide, and I've been into the studios there and met Kane himself. And just sitting down across from him, he's so light and funny. Um, and then you see him behind the mic, and he he really gets down to business and isn't afraid to say what he what he thinks. But I really like that about him. I think that it, I I personally love listening lo- love listening to Kane. He doesn't care. Like he's like, if you don't agree with me, I actually don't care. Yeah, and and that's part of the problem. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure he doesn't. I love it. I'm I'm sure. Well, hopefully he doesn't search himself on Twitter. Um, no. Because he would uh, <laughs> yeah, the fast road to mental disintegration. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, that, that whole Dugowie scenario, you know, easily avoidable. And, you know, I think, you know, Jordan's management even needs to take a, a larger ownership over his decisions. Mm. Um, him going to Bali was a, was a huge mistake. And he's, he's going to pay, you know, will pay some serious financial consequences. But on the flip side of that, um, maybe North Melbourne get desperate and offer him, you know, just this huge amount of money, St, St. Kilda are asking mm. questions. And he is the sort of player I think if he can, you know, if he can get on the straight and narrow, that maybe North Melbourne can benefit from, because uh, they've had some huge whiffs in the past. You know, uh, Jaden Stevenson hasn't panned out. Um, they, uh, who else did they bring in? Uh, Jared Polek was, you know, huge money, didn't pan out. So you know, mm. they they need a, a star, um, and unfortunately, you know, Jason Horn Francis. He could be that star. That's going to take time. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's already, um, you know, some cracks there in terms of, you know, his own decisions. He took off to South Australia without telling anyone. And mm. um, so it, it, it's, a it's pro- an interesting profe- one. Professional sports, uh, it's, it's an interesting place. Yeah. Now, uh, there's some comments as well that the Cats have sort of made, it, I guess, a sales pitch of sorts to Dugowie as well. I'd be interested to see him in that mix of players. I think the Cats are that. There's no... There's no um, like they're so down to business, the cats, and they're older players that have been in the competition for a long time. Like they're not gonna, they're not going to cop any sort of, for less of a better word, shit from, yeah, you know, off field antics and stuff like that. Like I don't feel like the group would accept that. Yeah. Like I'm not that anyone really accepts it, but especially that group, I just feel like they'd just be like, nah, mate. Like, and it's not... which is which is a great point. Yeah, C- culture and environment are hugely important, mm. particularly for young people who, yeah, everyone's different. It's you know. Maturity isn't a you know Scott Penderbury at eighteen very different to Jordan Dowie <laughs> you know like some yeah. people just have that sense of maturity yeah uh, unfortunately I I didn't have it you know, it took me until <laughs> very very late to, to work it out it was actually you know beyond my own career that I worked it out that I'd like to go back and, and do it all again because yeah. um, do you need that beer do you need that Tim Tam you know do you you know no yeah. you, you don't you're a professional athlete so there there are a whole host of people that that would like to you know. Um, take some of that stuff back and, and Jordan Goey I'm sure will look back when he gets to 38, 39 and go geez you know what I've probably what have probably I done here <laughs> yeah. but you are right if, if if any culture any environment can can help Jordan Goey find himself I, I think the Cats um, would, would be that place I actually think the Cats would be a great place for for him for that reason I feel like there's some really strong leaders in that group and a couple of yeah a couple of them in there that might be able to help him out if they if they you know, accept him with open arms which I'm sure they would but um, yeah I think that would be really interesting to see if that happens how that might shape him going forward yeah it's it's a, it's a pretty good point because if you look at Collingwood's leadership structure they have Pendlebury who's mm. you know phenomenal mm. uh, and then still side bottoms probably their next cap player yeah. but but had had his own issues last year with mm. a 
uh, a bit of a drunken incident, you know. Yeah. So you, and, and you kind of don't see that from any of the cats leaders. No, no. You know, they're, they're, they're pretty sensible and yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty good point. Yeah, they mean business. Um, anyway, we'll be back after a short break. I'm so excited. We're going to be chatting to Elise Villani, um, talking to her about captaining um, the Hurricanes going into the new season and uh, and her move from Melbourne Stars over to Tassie. She's living here permanently. I'm so excited to chat with her. So we'll be back after that and uh, look forward to chatting to her soon. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 555. 9.34 this morning. Joined Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves for Saturdays in Tassie. We're joined by Elise Villani. Welcome, Elise. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me on. No worries. And a huge congratulations to you signing a two-year deal with the Canes. I am obviously a Canes fan, so I'm very excited um, that you're coming across and, and moving to Tassie full-time. Tell us about tell us about this move. And um, obviously, it was probably a little bit difficult leaving, leaving your group in Melbourne. Um, but yeah, how excited are you um, to be part of us? Yeah, no, I am very excited. Um, I think I think my mum was a little bit sad, but um, that's sort of to be expected, I suppose. But um, yeah, look, I moved um, just over a year ago, and I've absolutely loved it here. I love the organisation and the lifestyle, and um, it certainly feels like home. So I wanted to make that full time. And the Hurricanes, um, you know, I, I think they're heading in the right direction. I'm really excited to jump on board the Cane train and see if we can. Um, push for, for finals and, and hopefully something even bigger than that. So, yeah, it's an exciting organisation, exciting team to be a part of and I'm really looking forward to it. But it was certainly difficult to, to leave the stars and I guess mm. close that final chapter um, of my hometown in Melbourne. Yeah, 100%. And um, obviously you've captained the Tassie Tigers in, in your first year with the team last year and um, captaining the, the Canes this time around. Um, what can we expect from you and I guess from the group? Like what, what's going to be important for you as captain um, in leading the team? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing for me as a, as a captain is the communication and the, the clarity piece. I think it's really important that as individuals um, we have real clarity in our individual roles which can, you know, contribute to hopefully team success I think that's really important and hopefully you see a a style of play where we're going out there and we're backing ourselves we're expressing ourselves and and we're not afraid of of, of failure we're going out there putting our best foot forward and and knowing that it's not going to come off every game the T20 um, you know is is pretty fickle at times but we're we're certainly going out there we're owning our style and we're believing in that Mm, absolutely Elise, uh, Brett here. Firstly, uh, congratulations on the WNCL title last year. Um, history um, w- was made. First known game for, for the Tasmanian women's team in 1906. So uh, to be to be the leader of the team that uh, that the board silverware in is is an unbelievable achievement. Uh, congratulations. T- tell us a little bit about that squad from last year. Did did you know heading into the preseason that that you had a team that was capable of achieving that that level of success? Well, first of all, thanks very much, Brett. It certainly was, um, yeah, it was an, an amazing feeling to be a part of, you know, creating history down here. And I, I know all the hard work that a lot of people before myself and others have, have put into, into, I guess, you know, the ability for us to go out there and actually get the job done. So there was a lot of hard work before I came down. And it was just amazing to see um, it sort of pay off for the organisation and then and the past players that came before us. But yeah, I think coming down, I knew a couple of the girls. I played with a couple um, in sort of you know Aussie underage and 
and the Aussie squad at times and, and different um, teams along the way. So I, I knew some of the girls. Um, there were some other, other girls that I didn't know. Um, but I just knew that Sal had put in, Sal and Dan Marsh had put in a hell of a lot of work. And, and playing against um, Tassie the year before, um, you know, in Victorian colours, I could see the change in, in the team and I could see that they were heading in the right direction. So I guess, um, you know, a big part of it was really, really lucky timing on my behalf and, you know, managing to come down here with Molly Strano as well. Um, it just sort of felt like there was a bit of icing on the cake there. They had most of the ingredients there, but um, I guess just coming down, we were, we were really lucky. Yeah, T- tell us a bit about Dan Marsh as well and his involvement in in that team. I mean, his his um his own career was was amazing for Tasmania and, and to be honest, one of my favourite uh, cricket people as a as a leader and as a human. Um, what what sort of involvement does he have around the squad? Yeah, well, he's been the assistant coach for a number of years now, and um, he really looks after the the batters and the spin bowlers. That's sort of his domain. And um, you know, if you know Marsh, you know he's a, he's a man of, of uh, few words but um, when he does speak he certainly speaks with impact and he knows the game as he said like he's, he's had a career um, and he's had a very successful one so he understands the game he um, also understands people which I think is really important um, and him and, and Sal really balance each other out and just the ideas and the way that they're able to I guess put pressure on players in training environment um, is really crucial and I think that's been you know the biggest difference I've noticed being a part of the program is that we're constantly training under pressure, which means that we're really well prepared heading out into the middle. And having having Dan involved, I mean, he he was you know one of the great tacticians. Uh, you know, my my favourite captain uh, understands you know batters in particular their their strengths and weaknesses, and able to you know kind of formulate really good plans to be able to expose that stuff. Did did he play much part in in terms of uh, tactical involvement? Well, yeah, he was very clear on um, the tactics, but so were the whole coaching staff. To be honest, we've got a uh, a guy, Timmy Techers, who um, is a whiz on the computer, and um, Timmy and, and Dan and, and Sal, um, you know, sat down before the start of the season, and, and they were really thorough in looking at the trends and the stats and what we need to do, where we need to improve as a group, and um, they had it all ready for us um, day one of pre-season last season, so very well planned, and, and we were very clear from from day one what we need to, to do as a group to, to compete um, for the title, and you know, that, and then they sort of formulated that into um, individual training plans throughout the season. But yeah, as a team, we're very clear on on what worked and and what we need to do. Particularly playing at Bonston, we all know that it's a batter's paradise, which is um, amazing for me as a batter. But then also it can be quite distressing as a captain um, with mm-hmm. the bowlers. So you know, we were very aware of where we could get our wickets and how we could get our wickets and um, how we were going to bat on on the wickets as well. And. What about your own um, aspiration, Elise, in terms of returning to the Australian setup? Is that is that something that that is still forefront of your mind, or are you, you know, you've, I, I don't think you've you've been a part of that for a couple of years. But are you are you still pushing towards that, or are you, you know, focusing on the Hurricanes, Tassie stuff, and and what what comes comes? Yeah, for the last couple of years, I've I've really focused on whichever team I've been a part of, and. Um, I think that's the healthiest way to attack it. Um, of course, I've still got dreams and aspirations to, to play at the next level, but I'm also very aware that, you know, that's very uncontrollable from my end um, and it may mm. never happen again. And that's also um, that's also okay because I'm really enjoying my cricket at the domestic level. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to me to, to continue to strive to get better and, and help those get better around me as well. And uh, what will be will sort of be in that space. And I know that I'm, I've sort of got um, no control over that. So, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with, with um, how I'm going at the moment and um, the plans that are in place and I'm just along for the ride and I'm really enjoying my time down here and, and that's what's at the forefront of my mind, just doing really well for Cricket Tasmania. That's uh, that's that's such a cool response, you know, and, and I think that there, there have been so many people in the past that once they've found that, that balance in their life that, that their best cricket actually starts... Mm-hmm. Uh, to, 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 to kind of fall a little bit. I know Matty Wade was in a similar situation at a, at a really similar age. Um, you know, went and started a um, carpentry apprenticeship and, and started to find some yeah. life balance, was really happy, and then finds his form, ends up, you know, re, um, rejoining that Australian squad. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully in, in, in your case, and obviously life balance too, I think you know, your, your partner, Nicola Carey, based down here as well. So, you know, that that's going to make it, you know, a huge part in terms of your overall happiness as well. Mm, absolutely. And I'd love yeah, to ask about that too because you're both, yeah, you're both like amazing in your own right with with um, with your cricket and your careers. Do you motivate each other? How, do, how does it work? I feel like you both probably can't escape cricket. Do you, you're talking about that that's at home and yeah. um, talking about each other's performance. Like how, how does that look? <laughs> no, we, we sort of, um, you know, we're always available to, chat to one another about cricket but yeah. um no we, we try and we try and escape it when we're at home we've got a beautiful dog that we we love Aww. to pour our attention into um so yeah we, we sort of um take breaks from the cricket chat but in saying that we are um each other's number one supporter so um awesome. no i think we think we strike the balance really well yeah that's really special we can't wait to watch you um uh, i'll be i'll be cheering loudly for you all season um congratulations once again and thank you so much for joining the show we really appreciate your time Thanks very much. Have a good day. Thanks, Elise. Good luck. Thanks. That was legend Elise Villani. We'll be back after a short break. We're going to uh, throw to Miles Fitzner from SEN Track, um, giving us some Saturday tips. So you want to get around that, get a pen and paper, write them down because uh, he's pretty good. So we'll be back back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 Saturdays in Tassie with Holly and Brett this morning. Proudly brought to you by Heart Sports Drinks, Hydration Energy Recovery, Heart Sports Drinks, Distinctly Tasmanian. Welcome, Miles Fitzner from SEN Track. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. So good to chat with you. Holly, Brett, thanks for having me on. Always nice to chat to, well, we can't say across the ditch like New Zealand, but always no. nice to chat to you guys in Tasmania and you're uh, yeah, loving the show so far. Oh, thanks, mate. Now I've I've had quite a few um few wins from you. So what can we expect in racing this weekend? We'll start with finals day at Flemington. Look, it's always a tough day, notoriously Holly, because uh, you have horses that qualify for a lot of these races, uh, and then sort of get tipped out or wait a little while to then go and have a run. So mm. I found a couple, uh, and I think I can get one away for the listeners nice and early in race number three. Beautiful. There's a horse called Bella Rouge for the Wally Yard. Uh, Brett Preble takes the ride. Now, this horse won its qualifier here, two back at Flemington, and won quite comfortably, uh, which was a 78 race. It then went up to Sydney in another 78 uh, and put them away again. Going for three on the trot, this horse uh, comes back and essentially meets all the same fields and only horses that are coming out of probably 60s or 70s or better. So can't believe about the 420 we've got on offer there, Holly, for Belarus. So that's going to be my best of the day at Flemington. 
Like um, it. We moved to race. We moved to race number five. And look, Rock Up should be short enough there for Paddy Payne and Billy Egan. Um, it's, look, hasn't barely missed its last three starts. I think it will run pretty well in race number five, and then in the last uh, race number nine, Cardinal Gem will be very hard to beat. But Bella Rouge, Rock Up, and Cardinal Gem, my three best at Flemington Hole. Oh, legend. All right. I'm literally writing these down. <laughs> and what about uh, last day of the Queensland Carnival up at the sunny coast as well? What, uh, what have you got for us in there? Look, uh, it's an interesting little day. We've got the Glass House and the Caloundra Cup, obviously, on today. And, uh, look, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the Caloundra Cup, uh, the Winx Guineas I'll go to first, actually, and then I'll work through them. Race 7, Battleton for Bjorn Baker. Stable hasn't been going all that great, but... Uh, the 235 and offer looks a reasonable price about this sort of horse. So I think Battleton, maybe not too hard in the Winx Guineas. Then we go to the Glass House. This is where I do want to have a bet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a horse in here, number nine, Salatine for Tony Gollan and Steph Thornton. It's currently $7.50 and $2.60. Coming off uh, a couple of good runs at Eagle Farm. It ran third off uh, behind Palasapan and Najmati last start. And then the start before just missed to Najmati. And if Najmati was in this field today, I think it would be about $1.30 or 40 So the seven fifty and two sixty on offer for Salatine there, I think is a very good price. And if you want to have a little play in the Caloundra Cup, look, I'd, I'd probably think again, LaDonda V, four sixty, London Bankers, $6. They look the two in the market, but probably won't be having a bet in the uh, in the... 2,400-metre Caloundra Cup hole. Mm, I'll leave that alone. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to that. $7.50 is pretty good. What about uh, WA? You've got got something in there? Yeah, look, it's it's uh, Belmont Oaks Day today. Now, I've just opened mm-hmm. my computer up. I was going to... I thought last night, I thought, gee, I'm going to really sort of step in and try and give you a few in the West because we've been going quite well there. But mm. Search and Rocks after a couple of scratchings has come into $1.35. And I can't cop $1.35 in the Belmont mm. Oaks holly. So... What I thought I'd do while I jumped on for the first time with your Tassie listeners, I thought, why not? I'll give you my two best anywhere in the country and then we'll multi Mm -hmm. those two together. Now, Mm -hmm. just take note, all the multis go up on uh, the SEN track socials as well as my social media as well. And I'm I'm going to have about a $54 one for the listeners whole. But Belmont Mm -hmm. race one, number one, rev it up is going to be my best at Belmont. Uh, so race one, number one, nice and early, and you'll get your $2.80 about that. Mm-hmm. And then at Murray Bridge, uh, there's a horse that's been uh, pretty well touched up this morning. It's into a $1.55, race six, number one, Karakazoo. If you mm-hmm. put the two of those together, you're going to get a $1.55 about Karakazoo. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that sort of $4.34 multi will be my best of the day. Race one, number one, Belmont, and race six, number one, at Murray Bridge, Karakazoo. Like it. I'll always count on you for my weekly tips. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Not a problem, Holly. Not You're a problem. the best. Like I said, all the quaddies go up on the quaddie app, and, um, yeah, with Sunday track on tomorrow, the quaddies will all go up now, and, and a nice big multi up on the socials, up on Twitter and on, uh, and on Facebook. So uh, yeah, if you awesome. want to go and jump across to SE and track, they'll all be up there. Yeah, on SEN Track, or you can catch Miles Fitzner on Instagram as well. I keep an eye on your stories frequently, and uh, I pretty much just copy whatever you do and just put it in, leave it to the expert. Look, it tends to work sometimes, Holly, but you know what uh, You know what they say, you're only as good as your last tip, so I thought if I'm coming on for the first time in Tassie, I've got to come in strong. 
You're the best. Thank you so much, Miles, for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you up in Adelaide next week and get some tips off you in, in person. And hopefully if you win. Our last time we were in Adelaide, Brett, we had um, the whole office got on a, a tweet with Miles and the whole office abrupted. Um, we all got a win from Miles and it was so fun. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you're, you're an absolute legend. Not a problem, Holly. Not a problem, Brett. And uh, loving the show. Doing a great job down there, guys. And uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. Chat to you soon. That was Miles Fitzner, SEN Track, our tipping expert. Absolute legend. We'll be back after a short break. We're going to wrap up the show, um, give you give you sort of what uh, preview the AFL games for the weekend. Um, we're going to have a bit of a bit of a rundown of who we're picking. Um, and then we'll wrap up the show and, uh, and that'll be it. So um, we'll be back after a very short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. Get involved in the show anytime. Text 0437 552 535. Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves here for your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us on Saturdays in Tassie. Before we get out of here, we're going to go through um, round 16 uh, tonight. Essendon Swans, who you got? Swannies. Swannies, Bombers right. Are hopeless. They're, yeah. They've lost their way. Yeah. Crows, Melbourne. Uh, D's. Yeah, Can't of course. Complete. Yep. Although, um, just on that, Tex Walker, unbelievable last weekend. Just saying. Still D's. Yeah, still D's. Um. Yeah, and the Cats. That's what we don't even talk about Cats. <laughs> your ruse. Hang on. They're Hang a dismal on. pass. Flick pass. Oh, Swans, Collingwood. There could be 150 points, the Cats game. <laughs> uh, I like the Suns up there against really? Collingwood. are good. They're hot. But I, th- I think the Suns are a little underrated. Yeah. They've actually played. They played really and well up in the top end. It's at home, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Suns there. So, there we go. Richmond, West Coast. Yeah, Tiggies. Yeah. Jack Rewalt flying. Yeah. Unbelievable. Giants, Hawks. Giants have got a great list, and they should win realistically. But the Haw- you just don't know with the Hawks. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think the Giants. And I'm a Hawks man as well. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Frio, Port. Frio. Really? Yeah. Frio flying. And that's okay. in that Optus, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think it's important we acknowledge the passing of uh, the great Neil Curley as Absolutely. well. Um, sad news throughout the week. Very sad news. Um, yeah, phenomenal player, coach, media person, uh, strong football hall of fame. So yeah. you know, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. That was Saturdays in Tassie. Brett Jeeves, Holly Fowler. We're getting out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Saturday. Hopefully, get out in the sun and enjoy a good weekend of sport. Thanks for joining us.